Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. I love that every time we do this, <laughs> we're like, are we ready? <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we're never ready. <laughs> oh, no, you're frozen again. You're just looking down at your screen. Oh, no, you're going to have to stare at me frozen. Yeah, I'm just staring. You have a very serious face on. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> oh, God, all I can smell is salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Bit of AM- ASMR for you all. <laughs> I was feeling very peckish and they're my bloody Achilles heel, those salt and vinegars. They're the best flavour, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Hi, Kate. Hi, Dom. <laughs> I went How do you do? <laughs> you went low and I went high. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how we roll. <laughs> I'm doing good. How will you be doing? Yeah, I'll be doing good. I spent the day in my art studio, actually. I'm preparing to do an online, my first ever online sale of my latest work instead of paying. Yeah, let's get digital, shall we? So Let's get digital. 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 I want to get get digital. digital. She just had her memorial in Australia. By the way, we're talking about Olivia NJ, for those that don't know. Anj. And if you've not heard the uh, duet she did with Dolly Parton of Jolene, I heard it on the radio in full the first time today, and it's a delight. Do yourself a flavour. There's our (laughs) tips for today. (laughs) Hot tips, hot tips coming through. Hot American donuts. Hot American (laughs) donuts. Get your hot dogs, your donuts. Your hot American donuts. Wow, that is a family flashback to when we were children. Chelsea is wetting herself right now. She's loving it. (laughs) She has just said to herself, hot American (laughs) donuts. All right, folks, we've got lots to get through today. We really do. We've got no time to waste, so please stop interrupting us. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get back to Ivan Milat Part 2, we've got... Housekeeping. Um, and this is a special one this week because I've got a couple extra tidbits which we don't normally include. So, oh my god, just get it here, folks. <laughs> get get it here now. <laughs> but I will go through the usuals. Um, don't forget, Kate and I are on social medias, all the channels. Go find us, shitten.bricks.podcast. Please. Do yourself a favour. Do yourself a favour, please. While you're at it, go please check out Patreon. Again, shitten.bricks.podcast. Sign up, become one of our brickies. It doesn't cost you that much money and get a bunch of free shit and free access to all sorts of goodies. Oh, yeah. We love the goodies. Oh, my light. Oh. My light just went out. Oh, won't you want the goodies? 
That's a good song. That is a great. I know none of the words except for the word goodies, but that's the title. So <laughs> there's there you go. We're going to build a spot apply spot apply player, please for you today. Spot apply. Spot apply. And last but not least, well, it's not really last, but it's the last of our usual stuff. Is please at the end of this episode. Go rate and review us. Leave us, um, you know, your thoughts, feelings, and your five-star emotions. <laughs> yes, please, your five-star emotions. I'm feeling five-star emotions today. Because it's a really big help to Kate and I and to the podcast. Yes. And it's our big theme of the year. It is. It's our theme. Okay. Do it. We love it. Kate, with 50 seconds left. <laughs> yep. I have got 45. a couple 44. little tidbits for you. Hit me. This week we are partnering with and spruiking a new f- friend of ours, fiend, fiendishly friendish fiend, <laughs> yeah. Kayla from True Crime Mum, who writes a an amazing blog and for some reason she thought it was a great idea to choose us to spruik and promote on her blog uh, as she's getting started in this wonderful world of true crime. So... Oh, my God, I love that. Kayla, hello. We love you. Yes. What a dream. Also, I can think of a couple of reasons why she might like to. <laughs> exactly. um, we talk about Liz Truss a lot. That's a very popular on-the-button topic right now. Um, we s- do singing um, poorly. And we have salt and vinegar chips yes. that I'm happy to share. So there you go. <laughs> and a bottle of Rush in the background for those that watch us. Yay. Yay. <laughs> So shout out to Kayla and her amazing blog, True Crime Mum. Uh, highly recommend if you're into any of the stuff that Kate and I talk about, which we hope you are, do yourself a favour. I would be wondering why you're here 70 episodes down the track if you weren't. <laughs> but do yourself a favour and go check out um, True Crime Mum. It's on all of our social media so you can find all the links. Exactly. So that's why you have to follow our social media because we back it up. We back up our chat with some hard socials. Yes. And last, properly last but not least. Oh, okay. Yep. Folks, you're going to have to stick around to the end of this episode because, as you know, this is Ivan Milat part two. Ivan Milat. Mm-hmm. One of our amazing avid listeners has written into Kate and I and has first hand. I'm talking live, real life feedback, not feedback. Um, what's the word? Uh, Experience? Goss, inside goss. Goss, yep. About this case and where it's placed and I'm not going to tell you what it is until the end of the episode. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. So please stick around um, and you'll Bring hear it. the special little thing that's um, – been sent in to us by one of our awesome listeners. Okay. Yay. Ready, Kate? Born ready. Let's get back into Ivan Milat, The Backpacker Murders, part two for this week's episode. Deuce. I like it. Let's do it. I'm going to go back in time a little bit and just give you a bit of background information about Ivan as well. We've already done a little bit about when and where he was born, but there's some interesting stuff about his history that I thought I would share before we get back into the main story. Okay. Let's go. Now, Let's do it. I want to hear it. Ivan Milat actually met and fell in love with a woman named Karen Duck. Oh. 
She was 16 years old at the time in 1983, and she was pregnant by his cousin. Oh, okay, so it's a complex little love story, this one. Sure, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah. Now, they married in 1984, she was 17, and had one daughter of their own. However, she left him in 1987 due to domestic violence, and they divorced in Mm. October 1989. How Do you know how old he was at that time? She's 17. Was he like early 20s? Was he? I'm trying to remember the dates going back to last episode. Let me see if I can find out when he was born because it was, you know, totally somewhere written. I just really want to, you know, hammer home just the, the, you know, horrendous nature of this man, even though I know there's plenty of evidence to this point thus far. He was born. But it doesn't hurt just to really add to that. Exactly. Yeah. Now, he was born in 1944, which means he was <gasps> 40. Oh! 39. And she was 17. Yeah. Guys, here's your second tip for today's episode. <laughs> That's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Write that down. Now, at trial, she decri- d- described him as gun crazy, recalling him killing kangaroos on a visit to Belangelo State Forest. Malat's great-nephew, Matthew Malat, and his friend, Cohen Klein, both aged 19 at the time of their sentencing, were sentenced in 2012 to 43 years and 32 years in prison, respectfully, for murdering David Akdelioni. I thought for a second you were going to say Attenborough. No. But that, we know, didn't happen. Uh, on his 17th birthday with an axe at the Belangelo State Forest in November 2010. I just now in the previous episode, I asked you all to remember a few little tidbits around whether Ivan acted alone or not. Oh, okay. I can I be honest with you? Mm -hmm. I've not, I did not, I've not kept those tidbits in my brain. They've fallen out of my ears. They're now back in through your nose, (gasps) in your head. Plug your ears, Kate. Oh, but what? Classic joke. Classic. I love it. But this is another one of those little things that I just want to keep in the back of everyone's mind is that he had cousins that were also convicted killing the Langlo State Forest area, okay? Instead of kissing cousins, they were killing cousins. Yeah. Now, (laughs) which is better. (laughs) Now, Matthew Millat struck Actaloni. David, we'll call him, with the the double-headed axe as Klein audio recorded the attack with a mobile phone. Oh. Not great. What's the, but just audio recorded, didn't want the the video? Sure. Okay. On the 18th of July, 2005, Malat's former lawyer Marsden made a deathbed statement in which he claimed that Malat had been assisted by his sister, Shirley Swaree, in the killings of the two British backpackers. Ooh, okay. In May 2015, Malat's brother, Boris Malat, told Steve Apperin, a former homicide detective who serves as a consultant with the Los Angeles Police Department and the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation, that when Mal- Federal Bureau. <laughs> they, he said that when Malat was 17, he admitted responsibility for accidentally shooting a taxi driver, Neville Knight, with a shotgun on the 6th of March in 1962 
during a robbery gone awry while Ivan was riding in the back of the taxi near his home in Moorbank, Sydney. Okay. Knight was left paralysed, if you remember Ivan's MO. Now, Knight was left paralysed from the waist down. Ivan was never caught and an innocent man, Alan Dillon, was subsequently convicted and served five years in prison for the crime. Well, that's false. He didn't do it. Mm. Ivan did it. We know that now. Exactly. Now, after conducting a polygraph test with Boris and Alan Dillon, Apparin became convinced that Malat shot Knight himself. Yeah. Now, authorities never charged Ivan with the crime, although they noted similarities with the crime in the way Malat paralyzed many of his victims before they were murdered. Mm. Similarly. And then stabbed them 955 times a pair. True. Yep. But remember, you know, they often like graduate to perfect their way of doing That's things. That's true. They start small. You got to build from little things, big things grow. Mm, evil things. Yeah. Similarly, Superintendent Clive Small, who led the investigation into the backpacker murders, also believed that Ivan was responsible for the shooting of Knight, the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. The taxi driver. Cool. Anyway, I just wanted to. That was some extra little stuff that I found in between our two episodes that I just wanted to share and that I thought lent itself to this question I've posed all of you about whether Ivan acted alone or not, Mm -hmm. which is what, for me, makes this the scariest story. Oh, okay. Now, just as a reminder, I'm going to go into all the legal stuff soon, but just as a reminder and out of respect for the victims, I'm just going to quickly recap who they are. Okay. So 1989, on the 30th of December, Australians Deborah Everest and James Gibson, both 19, left Melbourne. The couple first went to Sydney where they stayed at a backpacker hostel in the inner city suburbs. After checking out, they were last seen heading for Confest Festival, planning to hitchhike to Albury, which is on the border of Victoria and New South Wales. A day after they were last seen, a bushwalker found Gibson's camera by the road at Galston Gorge in northern Sydney. The person took the damaged camera home and only reported it when Gibson's empty backpack was found in the same area a month later and was linked to the couple's missing persons report. Mm -hmm. Both were found in Belangelo State Forest on October 5th, 1993 and had been stabbed repeatedly. So that's four years after they went missing. Boyars. 1991, 20th of Jan, German Simone Schmidl, 20, set off to hitchhike from Sydney. She told acquaintances that she was off to Melbourne to meet her mother who was flying in from Germany to join her for a camping holiday. Kate doesn't like camping, so she wouldn't have gone. I do not. Nope, I would not have gone. I would have said, I'll meet you at the Airbnb and I'll have a cheese board ready. Kate's not a fan of shitting in the woods. No, I'm not. (laughs) So if you said... Does it like use the phrase, does a bear shit in the woods? Then you go, sure. If you want to do the opposite would be, does Kate shit in the woods? Firstly, no one will know what you're talking about unless they listen to this podcast also. But then you could be like, well, no, she doesn't. I know that because it's on a podcast. Thank you. Never has it happened. Please get out of my office. Close the door on your way out. Um, Where was I? Who knows? (laughs) I just... (laughs) Just going to be derailing you all day. Back to Simone (laughs) Schmidl. Now, she was last seen at a train station preparing to leave for Western Sydney where she was attempting to hitchhike. 
On November yep. 1st, 1993, Schmidl was found in Belangelo State Forest and had died after suffering numerous stab wounds, one of which went through her spinal com- column. There you go. So she's found three, two years later. Yeah. Where are we? Okay. Same year, 26th of December, Boxing Day, German backpackers Gabor Nergbauer, 21, and Anja Habsheen. 20, left the backpackers in at King's Cross in Sydney to hitchhike to Adelaide and then on to Darwin, opposite bloody directions, but okay. (laughs) Idiots. On 4th of November, 93, both were found in Belanglo State Forest where it was determined that Nergbauer had been bound and shot six times while his partner, Habsheed, had been beheaded. Ah. And lastly, 1992, 18th of April, British citizens Joanne Walters, 22, and Caroline Clark, 21, left King's Cross to hitchhike together around Australia. They were headed for Victoria to pick fruit and made it to the Bully Pass near Wollongong, where they reportedly asked for directions to the Hume Highway. Mm. On the 19th of September, 92, both were found in Belanglo State Forest. Walters had been stabbed and Clark had been shot 10 times. So many times. Okay, let's hear about this piece of shit going to jail because we all <laughs> need it. Where you let's do it. don't get salt and vinegar chips, you don't get PlayStation, or do you? What I want, I want both of those things. <laughs> uh, Are you saying I shouldn't go to prison if that's where I want them? <laughs> well, listen to this next part and you'll find out. <clears throat> okay. Now, on his first day, when arriving to Maitland Jail. By the way, I love when jail was spelt G-A-O-L. Same. It just sounds and reads so much better. It does. I agree. Though sometimes I think it's like Gail and I'm like, oh, Gail. Gail. Hey, Gail. Ivan's just gone to Gail's. Uh, he'll be back in like 30 to live. Um, okay. Now, he was, Ivan was beaten by another inmate. Now, almost a Mm. year later, on the 16th of May, 97, he made an escape attempt alongside convicted drug dealer and former Sydney councillor, George Savas. Savas. The plan failed and Savas was found hanged in his cell the next day and Ivan was transferred to the maximum security section at Goulburn Correctional Centre in Goulburn, New South Wales. Okay. Fair enough. In November that same year, Ivan appealed against his convictions due to a breach of his common law right to legal representation as established by blah, blah, blah. However, that's the official name of the the law, (laughs) the blah, blah, blah law. Just because of the blah, blah, blah and like yada, 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 I'm not guilty, okay? Exactly. (laughs) May as well have said that because that's as far as you're going to get, babe. Yeah, perfect. I would like to defend myself. Now, however, I did not shit in the woods, woods you're <laughs> Doug can attest to that. Yeah. By the way, if no That's one knows this, <laughs> but if you go camping and you don't call your shit shovel, the shovel that you use to dig a hole and then shit in the hole and then cover your shit, you, you call that shovel Doug. Correct. It's just a camping known. It's just what you do. Yeah. So I've read. <laughs> I'll never know. Now, the New South Wales Court of Criminal Appeals dismissed the appeal, thank goodness. Good. And in 2004, Ivan filed an application with the High Court of Australia that he be allowed special leave to appeal on new grounds. 
The application for leave was ultimately dismissed, affirming the Court of Criminal Appeal's decision to disallow his initial appeal. On 27th of October 2005, in the New South Wales Supreme Court, Ivan's final avenue of appeal was refused, and in 2006, two other application attempts were rejected as well, as well as one in November 2011. I think he needs to take the hint. Yeah. <laughs> we're not letting you out, babe. Like, just chill. Just chill in your cell, darling. We are Go to Gales right. and just have a good time. <laughs> Now, in 2001, though, following the opening of the High Risk Management Correction Centre or Supermax at Goulburn Correctional Centre, Ivan was transferred from the max security section of the prison into one of its 45 new units. And in 2006, a toaster and television given to Malat in his cell caused a public outcry. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he deserves a toaster or a TV. No. I don't know about you, Dom, but... If you shoot someone in the back and then proceed to shoot them an additional nine times and then stab other people and then cut someone's head off, I don't know. I think your toaster privileges are revoked at the bare minimum. Yeah. TV. Gone. (laughs) No TV. No law and order for you. You're not catching up on neighbours, okay? You're not going to see what Dr. Carl Kennedy's been up to this week, that little root rat getting around Erinsborough. <laughs> All right. Let's hear about what happens to our old mate Ivan. <clears throat> Let's do it. Now, on the 8th of November 2004, Ivan gave a televised interview on Australian Story in which he denied that any of his family had been involved in the seven murders. On the 26th of Jan 2009, Ivan cut off his little finger with a plastic knife with the intention of mailing it to the High Court of Australia to force an appeal. I don't know if that was going to, if that's your best strat. No. Really. Also, the sheer, like, willpower to cut your little finger off with a plastic knife? Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, It's a word I... Yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah, impressive and not in a good way. No. What is it? I'll have to look up another word that means like, wow, but <laughs> as in like, wow, that's horrendous, you psychopathic piece of shit. Extraordinary is not meant to be a, p- a positive or a negative word. It's meant to be neutral, extraordinary. Okay, so it, that's extraordinary. Yeah. And I think it's the way you say it to the inflection. Mm. Not like that's extraordinary. Now, he, if you say, yeah. Yeah, he was taken Sorry, to I'm just having my own time. Do it. <laughs> Please, you can do Take a break, Dom. I'm just going to sit here and talk to myself about how to say extraordinary. Um, yeah. It is an extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary. Extraordinarily? Extraordinary. Oh. Okay, Dom, you're going to have to sub back in. I've lost Okay. It. Now, Ivy was taken to Goulburn Base Hospital under high security. However, on the 27th, the next day, Ivan was returned to prison after doctors decided surgery was not possible. So they couldn't save the finger. Okay. Ivan, do you reckon they? Do you reckon? Sorry, I'm sorry, but do you reckon he came in? Like, who's this? This is Ivan Malat. Oh, what did he do? Oh, he killed loads of people, and they're like, "All right, well, what's wrong with him? His finger? Um, yeah, nah, like I don't think I can do much for this." And they just prodded it and poked it a couple of times. Maybe picked up a scalpel and swung it around. They're like, "Nah, no, nah, I don't think we can save it. Better just send him back." Not in the mood. That's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah that's what I would have done. I was that doctor. And now that doctor uses it to turn pages of his books. 
perfect. Now, my Ivan had previously harmed himself in 2001 when he swallowed razor blades, staples, and other metal objects. He just can't be killed. No. Jesus. In, He's like, yeah. In May 2011, Ivan went on a nine-day hunger strike after losing 15 kilograms in an unsuccessful attempt to be given a PlayStation. Stop it. Yeah. He wanted a PlayStation. Yeah. So he starved himself. This guy is so fucked. He's like a grown adult toddler person who's not even cute or fun. Like, what a dud. Douchebag. Yeah. Now, in May 2019, Ivan was transferred to the Prince of Wales Hospital in Randwick and was subsequently diagnosed with terminal osophia. Oh, Dominic. <laughs> Come on. Is this a big one? Esophageal. Oh. Esophageal. Yep. Cancer which is th- okay. throat cancer. Following throat his cancer. treatment, he was transferred to the Long Bay Correctional Centre to continue his custodial sentences. And on the 9th of August, 2019, a terminally ill Ivan was moved to a secure treatment unit located at the Prince of Wales Hospital following a loss of 20 kilograms in previous weeks. Okay. He was also exhibiting Still a high no temperature. No, we didn't have fingers to so- play it. What? <laughs> That trigger finger was real, real tough. Oh, my goodness. No Banjo-Kazooie for you, pal. I'm so proud of that one. That was good. Well done. Uh, his status, however, was reported as not life-threatening, but on the 27th of October 2019, Ivan died from esophagus and stomach cancer at 4.07 a.m. within the hospital wing at Long Bay Correctional Centre. He was 74 years old. Wow. Okay. He would have just almost been primed to, to have a 20-year-old wife oh, at 70. Goodness. <laughs> no. Look, I can't say I'm sad about that. No. Good riddance, See Ivan. See you later. Now, See pray. you later. <laughs> <laughs> See you, boy. See you later. <laughs> Extraordinary. <laughs> All right, now prior to his death, Ivan wrote a letter to his family requesting that his funeral, now get this, his funeral, be paid for by the New South Wales government. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Pull the other one, Ivan. The request was denied by New South Wales Corrections Minister Anthony Roberts, Uh and instead Ivan's body was cremated with the full reimbursement of costs to be paid from his prison account. In his final days, New South Wales police said in a statement that their officers visited Ivan eight times in prison and in hospital in an attempt to elicit a confession from him. However, Ivan did not confess. They say various strategies were deployed on each occasion, including different combinations of detectives and utilising recorded interviews with the victim's families as an investigative technique. Did they just take a PlayStation in there and <laughs> pop it on the desk? It, like, Ivan, this is all yours. Here's a string of all of his digits. These are games, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play? Now, no further information was received or provided to police during the interactions, the statement said. Now, although Ivan died never having confessed, he said to have told his mother, Margaret, Margaret. Margaret. We've got a Margaret in the waiting room. We do. 
uh, with whom he had a close relationship, if you remember, mm-hmm. shortly before her, before her own death in 2001 that he was responsible for the backpacker murders. Well, so. yeah, all signs point to Ivan. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, folks, that's the wrap-up of um, Thing with Bob, Ivan's death. Cool. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Please don't go. (laughs) We're still going. We're back. Halfway through. We're still going. (laughs) I've been obviously alluding, Kate, to all the possibility that there's so much more to this case and why this whole case, I mean, not that it shouldn't need more to be scary in in of itself, but... Mm -hmm. Because it hits so close to home, it's so local. I drive these roads on a regular basis. Um, but I've been alluding to that there's this whole other part to this case that I think will be carried on for tens of years still to come. Tens of years? Tens of years. Tens. So <laughs> I'm here. buckle up. Further investigation. Now, police maintain that Ivan could have been involved in more murders than the seven for which he was convicted. Australian state and territory-wide investigations into the unsolved deaths and disappearances of young people were started in only 1993 by New South Wales Homicide Police under the name Task Force Air. Do you remember? (laughs) The good old Task Force Air. By comparing Ivan's known criminal and victim profile along with his known modus operandi to cold cases. Makes sense. Now, Ivan was taken into consideration in several of the 58 cases on the list. That's so many. Experts have highlighted how it is unlikely for any serial killer to start killing at such a late stage, so 45 years old, when the Uh 1989 murders were committed and that serial killers almost always start before their mid-30s. Okay. This indicates that that Ivan likely killed before in his life. Now, Richard Malat, Ivan's younger brother, once opened a, a statement that there would be heaps more bodies out there waiting to be discovered. Heaps. Mm. Also, Ivan was geographically mobile as he started working as a truck driver in the mid-1970s, so that's a good 19 years before the first known murder, transporting tyres via Adelaide, Melbourne and Brisbane to Goulburn, Yass, Canberra and Perth. That's too convenient. Mm. There's too many options, too many ways. Just pop them in the back of the truck with all the tires and then just toss them off the side of the truck. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, I, yeah. And folks, if you need some help picturing how large of an area that is, Perth, if you were to drive from Perth, sort of follow along the coast of Southern Australia, which is pretty much as far west as you can get in Perth, all the Mm -hmm. way east to Melbourne, and then all the way up north to to Sydney, we're talking pretty much driving from like Los Angeles all the way down to Miami, and then like back up to the mid east coast. Like yeah, it's okay. huge. You, yeah, it's cross massive. country. It's how many like roughly how many tennis courts do you think? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of like a. 
you know, a tennis court gal. Football field and tennis <laughs> court. Do... How many Holden Commodores is that stacked nose to tail? I can only do bottles of wine. <laughs> it's a shit ton. It's heaps. It's heaps and heaps. Yeah. Like the same amount of bodies that Ivan left in his trail, the distance is heaps. So based on almost identical similarities in modus operandi, three unsolved murder victims were identified who Ivan who Ivan Task Force Commander Clive Small listed as having a high possibility of being the killer's victims. Mm. The first murder investigated for links with Ivan was that of a pregnant 20-year-old Karen Rowland. Now, on the 26th of February 1971, Roland and her sister were travelling in separate vehicles to a motel in Canberra. However, Karen never showed up and her car with an empty fuel tank was discovered that evening in an undeveloped location. Excuse me, Mm. I just semi-burped. That's okay. You can full burp if you want. It's your pod. The next day at work in Liverpool, Ivan allegedly boasted to his co-workers about having murdered someone and having buried the body under bushland. Okay, in terms of water cooler chat, I'm not going to be, like, <laughs> loving that sick. If someone comes to work and they're like, guys, how was your night? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Ivan. I went down the pub and I, I got two schooners for $5 and, and it was Palmer night. What did you do? Oh, I murdered a bird. Oh. Mm. Good. Where do you go to from that? It's a real mood killer. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a Debbie Downer. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. On the 3rd of May 1971 at the Air Disaster Memorial in the Fairburn Pine Plantation near Canberra, Karen's bones were discovered 15 metres off a footpath. Her cause of death was not established and the murder scene was eventually contrasted with those in the Belangelo State Forest 20 years later. Mm. Ivan was 26 years old at the time of her murder and worked at the Department of Main Roads, which meant he frequently drove between Liverpool and Canberra. Ivan is also believed to have driven a gold-coloured XY Ford Fairmont similar to one seen by eyewitnesses chasing a woman matching Roland's description in Canberra on the night of her disappearance. That sounds like some evidence to me. Her presumed murder was never solved, though. Oh, okay. There wasn't enough evidence for it. Yeah. The second case was that of unemployed 18-year-old Peter Letcher, who set off to hitchhike to his parents' house in Bathurst on the 13th of November 1987, two years before Mm -hmm. the first convicted known murders. But Mm -hmm. he never made it there. His bones were found on a woodland track close to the Jenilin Caves tourist site on the 21st of Jan 1988 by bushwalkers. He was down on his back in a little ditch full with leaves and branches. He was handcuffed, shot five times in the head with a 22 caliber gun, repeatedly stabbed mm-hmm. in the back, and possibly sexually assaulted. Well, this sounds like Ivan. Mm-hmm. That has got the trademark all over it. Now, Letcher's murder took place shortly after Ivan's wife abandoned him. Mm-hmm. And according to Ivan's estranged wife, in the days preceding Letcher's disappearance, Ivan took her once to the Jenilin State Forest to see a dirt track and pine plantation since Ivan was working in that area. Okay. 
The final case investigated was the murder of 29-year-old mother Diane Panaccio. On the evening of the 6th of December 1991, Panaccio travelled to the Lake George Hotel in Bangandore's Gibraltar Street. She informed a friend she planned to hitchhike back to Cunbean and at approximately 11pm she left the motel by herself and headed towards the King's Highway. Then, on the 13th of November 1991, two employees of the Forestry Commission in the Talanganda State Forest, 40 kilometres south of Bungandore and southwest of Canberra, discovered a person wrapped in pine branches laying face down. Mm. She was wearing only her underwear and trousers and her seventh thoracic vertebrae had been stabbed. Oh, that's got a sting. That's another Ivan... Trademark. She was Ivan trademark. She was wearing only her underwear and trousers. Oh, so I told you that. A knife wound to the spine causing paralysis fitted Ivan's MO. The way her yep. clothes were arranged implied that she had been sexually assaulted as well. Oh. Panaccio's murder took place during Ivan's known killing spree, and Diane was murdered after the January 91 slaying of Simone Schmidl and two months before the murders of Gabor. Nergbauer and Archer Habsheed that December. So it all fits into that timeline. Right. <coughs> it's just, Sounds all a bit too easy it's, uh, for this guy. And it's so frustrating because I, I didn't go so far into finding out what were the missing bits of evidence, why it wasn't brought yeah. to trial with all the other cases, you know, so on. It's... But obviously, you know, I mean, then he's not convicted of those of those crimes, so they there's not enough there to convict them. So whatever it might be, regardless, it's, yeah, it's tricky. Furthermore, other cases of interest which Ooh, were furthermore, I uh, know we're we're furthermore Ooh, and we're fancy. Other cases of interest which were investigated included a series of unsolved disappearances of young women and girls in the Hunter region south of Newcastle that were originally thought to be the responsibility of a separate unidentified serial killer. Mm-hmm. Now, on the 30th of December 1978, Leanne Goodall, 20, was left off by her brother at the Muswell Brook Railway Station in the Hunter Valley. She travelled to Newcastle to meet her parents before departing for Sydney. At 3.30pm that day, she was last seen at the Star Hotel in the city. And in February 1979, Goodall was who was scheduled to begin a program at Newcastle Technical College, was reported missing. Mm -hmm. While working as a road worker in the area in late 78 and 79, Ivan stayed at a number of motels and was known to frequent the Star Hotel. Okay. Leanne's sister believes she was killed by Ivan. Now, Robin Hickey, 18, went missing four months after Leanne disappeared on the 7th of April, 79. She planned to meet a fellow netball player at the Belmont Hotel. Goal attack. Goal attack. Here if you need. Here if you need. (laughs) Where was her wing attack that night? Exactly. She needed one. Oh, she did need. She was last seen at 7.15pm at a bus stop opposite her (laughs) home on the Pacific Highway at Belmont North. And after a brief period of investigation, the police closed their investigation because they thought she had disappeared of her own accord. Yeah, makes sense. Now, after Hickey, Amanda Robinson, 14, disappeared on the 21st of April, 79, while returning home to Swansea on Lake Macquarie following a high school dance in Gateshead. 
She got off a bus and was last seen walking along Lake Road, Swansea, and no one ever saw her again. Are they, like, have you seen some of the pictures of the victims? Because I haven't. Uh, yes, on our socials. Do they, do they have, of course, do they have the, uh, do they have, like, similar No. looks? Is there, like, a, a type or is it just opportunity of these people hitchhiking and then him picking them up? Yeah, it's it's not like they're all blonde under a certain age yeah. or of a certain weight. They're, yeah, because I know varied. there's, you know, males in there as well. Like, it's not just females as well. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I was wondering. I, but it sounds as though it's. Yeah, these are serial killings of opportunity mm-hmm. of people that were hitchhiking in that secluded area. And that's one of the things that I think in the movies, which we will talk about, Wolf Creek. Pop culture. Pop culture. Um, there was a bit of creative liberty taken there about the killer yeah. um, having a thing for tourists that was specifically hated non-Australians. So it was... Right. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait till you talk about Wolf Creek because I've never seen it. I need to ask you some questions about it, but we'll get to it. We are going to, no, we're doing it. We're doing a special episode. Okay. We'll do a special episode. Yeah. We're doing one. So do I have to watch it? And you have to watch Wolf Creek. Oh, far out. Okay. Now, Amanda Solis, 16, was last seen on the 12th of October, 79, when a neighbour walked her to a bus stop in Tudor Street, Hamilton at 6.30pm. She said that she was en route to Newcastle's Christian Coffee Shop on Hunter Street. At 10.15pm, Amanda called her father from Hamilton South, Newcastle. She said that she needed Mm -hmm. clothing since she planned to visit Queensland. She has not been seen or heard from since. On the 10th of January, 1980, Annette Briffer, 18, was last seen in Asquith, a neighbourhood in northern Sydney. She had been residing on the central coast as well as in the neighbourhood uh, between Mount Kula and Asquith on the Pacific Highway. She was seen hitchhiking in the direction of Hornsby. According to one eyewitness, she entered an orange Mazda car or a similar vehicle. Since that time, Annette has not been seen or heard from. I think she died. On the 2nd of October at 1985, Susan Eisenhood, 22, vanished from Mayfield neighbourhood of Newcastle after being dropped off by her brother at his Central Coast home close to the Stag and Hunter Hotel before she hitchhiked to Taree. Eisenhood's skeletal remains were found in 1986 in a rainforest scrub at Possum Brush in the Kilwaruk State Forest south of Taree. So of all of these victims that you're reading at the moment, so aside the seven that, you know, Ivan was linked to, mm-hmm. that was convicted of, these are all from that list of 54 people that they were like, these kind of sound like Ivan. We're going to look into them a bit. Yeah. Wow. That's so many more people. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, and I mean, I've literally got like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, oh fourteen God. more. <gasps> That's too many more. Yeah. So That's so insane. I'm just gonna again out of which is just good practice when you do stories like this, I'm just gonna read out the dates and the names of the people, just because I don't particularly want to <laughs> I don't think I can. Yeah, you too go into all the detail for all of them. It's a lot. It's a lot. But go just, the yeah, go the dates and the and the victims' names. Yeah. 
I'm just going to read one more little bit, then I'm going to read their names, and then we're going to move on. Okay. Now, Ivan was only identified as a person of interest in the disappearance of Goodall, Robin, and Amanda in a 2001 uh, inquest. Ivan, who worked as a road worker in the late 70s, was a significant interest to the inquiry, according to State Coroner John Abernathy, and had definite links to the Hunter region. So, you know, this is all in the same area, folks. I know you may not know geography, but it's all linked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Along with the Star Hotel, he stayed at a number of other locations throughout the East Lakes neighbourhood. A witness claimed to have seen Ivan the night before Robin vanished at the Belmont Hotel. Ivan allegedly boasted to a friend that there were graves and corpse pits scattered all across the area. In his testimony, Ivan said that while he had picked up roughly 15 hitchhikers, they were, they were not in the Hunter region. He said, I had nothing to do with whatever happened to their children. I can look at them people right in the eye and say, I had absolutely nothing to do with your children going missing, he told the court. Ivan was also quoted as making comments during the inquest like, I could ask how could they let a 14-year-old, Amanda, run around at midnight? Such a cheeky fuck. What a fucking, yeah, piece of shit. Although Ivan was working in the area at the time of the crimes, no case was brought against him due to a lack of evidence. Similar inquiries were held in 2005 relating to the disappearance of a hitchhiker, Annette Briffa, in which it was determined that Briffa's father knew Ivan, but no charges were laid. Okay. These are a bunch of other crimes, Um, not all of them necessarily deaths. Some of them assaults. They're just very varied, but majority of them are deaths. But I'm just going to read out dates and names. So Dates and names. 4th of July, 72, Anita Cunningham, 18, and Robin Hornville Bartum, 19, both student nurses. 5th of October, 73, Gabrielle Janke, 18, and Michelle Riley, 16. German Lydia Knotts, 21. 20th of July, 77, 21-year-old Norelle Mary Cox went missing. American backpacker Barbara Carroll Brown, 22. 25th of August, 1978, Stephen Lapthorne, 20, and Michelle Pope, 18. 11th of January, 1979, 22-year-old Alan Martin Fox and his 17-year-old girlfriend Anika Adrinson. 27th of July, 1979, Tony Marie Kavanagh, 15, and Kay Do- Doherty, 16. 17-year-old Kim Sherry Tia. 1st of Feb, 1980, Elaine Johnson, 17, and Carrie Ann Joel, 18. 12th of June, 1980, 20-year-old aspiring nurse Deborah Balkan and Gillian Jamison. Joanne Lacey and Leslie David Toshik. They were both 20 years old. 10th of March, 91, Carmen Verhaden, 22. And 23rd of November, 92, Melanie Merrill Sutton, 14. And Chad Everett Sutton, 16. Jesus Christ. It's a lot of missing people. So that's a separate list. That's so many missing people. And that's just the whole separate list, which, you know, he might have had... Uh, a part in one of those, two of those, all of those. Yeah. And we don't know. 
And if you looked at and follow our social media folks, the latest sort of stats is that 30,000 people go missing in Australia on an annual basis. 30,000 go missing. That's so many people. Obviously, majority of them get found. So, Mm -hmm. you know. But still. But there's still a lot that don't. 30K. And the reason why, like I said, I've always thought Ivan has stood out to me as just potentially Australia's worst ever serial killer. I, mm-hmm. If it was a different time, different technology, different judicial system, police system, everything, I think a lot more of these cases could have been solved. But anyway. Yeah. Do you know the most amazing fact that I've learned from this episode today, Dom, what? is that he never confessed. Yeah. I had no idea because, again, I know nothing. We've established this. I don't know anything about cases or things and crimes. I know how to look on the internet and read things out to you all. However, I did not know he did not confess ever. Apart from that supposed time he did to his mother, but that's all just. Yeah. That's kind of. But not ever on record. Yeah. Wow. Okay, folks. We're finished with the hard part <clears throat> i'm gonna finish up with a uh, pop culture reference with it which is pretty obvious and our you know special you know added little tidbit that's fresh fresh off the presses that's come directly into us i can't wait for this okay so just pop culture wise ivan has been the subject of several books obviously uh, a book by Ivan's nephew, Alistair Shipsey, The Malat Letters, was released in 2016. I have not read it. Mm-hmm. I do want to read it, though. In dis- do you, I was going to say, do you want I to? I think I kind of want to just to see what yeah. else is in there. Um, and in December 2018, Australian author Amanda Howard was writing a book on his crimes based on her correspondence directly with Ivan. A mini-series on the Seven Network, Catching Malat, screened in 2015 and focused on the members of the Task Force Air who tracked Ivan. It was loosely based on the Book of Sins of the Brother by Mark Whitaker and Liz Kennedy. And Ivan's murders inspired the Wolf Creek films, which claim to be based on a true story. Mm-hmm. They, they really push that at the start, that it's super true and super accurate and so on okay Mm -hmm. obviously if you've seen the movies and now you've heard this it's not quite accurate but anyway um leaned upon yeah now in 2021 a four-part true crime documentary series entitled ivan malat backpacker murderer was released which examined the possibility that ivan had 20 additional victims Mm mm-hmm now, I've not been able to find more on the thread that Ivan didn't act alone or if the okay. Malats did more of this as a group or as if it's a family or, you Oh, know. yeah, exactly. And all those victims you read out a little minute ago, half of those could be the great nephew or the brother or the, the sister, the mum. Who knows? Like it's just not, nothing's yeah. kosher over there. Imagine being born into that family. I would prefer not to, if that's okay. Is that an option? But in all honesty, like there are people that are born into that family that are related to this man, and I feel for them too because they've obviously had no choice in who, what family they're born into. But yeah, 
that history is going to follow a lot of those people forever, which is horrible. I'm just looking at some of the information about Wolf Creek and I don't want to watch it. Yeah, I almost don't think you should watch it, actually. I think you would particularly hate it. I think it's, I'm it. going to be too frightened. Okay, folks, you've waited long enough. Yeah. One of our amazing brickies, Sam Ingram. Massive shout out to you, Sam. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for messaging us. I'm obviously said to you that I'm going to share this, so I have consent. <clears throat> but Sam wrote in after the first episode and had the following to share with me. So pay attention. <clears throat> Hit me. Speaking of Barrel, which is a place that I mentioned in the first episode, uh, Sam's mum lives in Barrel. And recently she was doing volunteer work clearing weeds with other people in the forest, the Balangalo State Forest. And she said that there's an old mine there and they do tours apparently of this old mine. Now she said that there were police and other people in this area nearby looking for something. She, you know, suspects that there's Mm. possibly... Um, more bodies or ongoing investigations in the area looking mm. for, yeah, potentially more Ivan Malat victims. More Ivan Malat victims. What? This was about three years ago. So we're talking, what, 2020? Ivan had, mm-hmm. was dead. Um, but it completely freaked her out. And she's, <laughs> she, Sam told her mum about the podcast and. Ivan and on all this sorts of stuff and yeah now sadly we're freaked <laughs> freaked her out a bit about where she lives but <laughs> she's not going to be pl- plucking weeds at Belangolo anymore no but um oh my god imagine that yeah imagine that yeah oh I'm convinced I don't even care yeah I don't care what anybody says I reckon that they were there looking for more remains Ooh. from Ivan's victims it's yeah it's hot diggity dog I Oh, my God, yeah, imagine that. In your backyard. My goodness. Mm. Okay, Kate, that is me officially forever done talking about Ivan Malat. Bye, Ivan. Good riddance. Ugh, yeah, it was a hard one. Okay, folks, so I promise I said that I'd been, you know, doing some pretty easy or less intense stories. So you'll be pleased to know that I'm switching gears and my next few stories, they're not so like true crime, gruesome based. They're a bit more phobia based. So I love it either way. Yeah. I love your stories, Dom. I'm going a bit cuckoo, kachoo next week. Oh, really? I am actually going to be, um, using a book, like a hard copy version of the internet. Um, to tell my story. I like that. Involved. Uh, is it an adult book? No. Is it more so designed for primary school age children? Maybe. <laughs> Will you enjoy it? We'll have to see. <laughs> Make sure you know your ABCs, folks. Yeah, please. Please do. Bring your ABCs. Um, yeah, just live your dreams. Make sure now is the perfect time as well to uh, get your phone or your listening device, whatever it might be, open it up, go to our pod, five star. <laughs> yes, please. 
Stay safe. We love you. Be good. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Kayla, and thank you, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Kayla. Thanks, Sam. And thank you, Dominic. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Love you, boy. That's a wrap. Big shout-out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.